the Spanish requirement of 1513 attempted to codify the legal justification for the colonization of the Americas and subsequent enslavement of indigenous peoples. A written document issued by the Spanish crown with the support of Roman Catholic jurists. El Recurrimiento established a requirement or demand for indigenous Americans to recognize the political and religious authority of the Roman Catholic Pope and the Spanish monarchy. Any resistance thus warranted their enslavement, death, or confiscation of land, resources, wives, and children according to the official text. The papal bull or official decree issued by the Roman Catholic Church established a demarcation line in the Americas granting Spain territory territory to the west and to the south of the Cape Verde and Azores Islands, fueled by the tensions between the Spanish crown and the Kingdom of Portugal, which also sought to establish trading routes and colonies in the Americas as part of building a Portuguese empire. This decree effectively granted the Spanish monarchy access to the majority of the Western Hemisphere following the reasoning that the territory was not yet Christianized. Although the treaty was not signed nor recognized by later colonial powers such as Britain or France, however, this major political agreement regarding the colonization of the Americas was only the beginning of a series of legal, political, and religious documents that would shape the governance of those territories. Hierarchy was established in the early Americas about the encomienda system, the early Atlantic slave trade, and how such an arbitrary factor as race became a way that our society was organized, and we still feel the effects of that today. So, to begin, we'll talk about the encomienda system. So, the encomienda system was this dependency relation system that started in Spain and was brought to the Americas to control the labor system. Spaniards that were entrusted with dividing up the labor within the Native American populations. So, different encomenderos were entrusted with dividing up the labor between different Native American groups. Okay, so this to me, it sounds a little bit like a feudal system. Yeah. Am I getting this right? Definitely. So the feudal system was this earlier European medieval system where there'd be a lord uh, who would have the responsibility of protecting serfs and in response, he'd get their labor and a part of their wealth. So this sounds a lot like the encomenderos and the Native Americans that were in his jurisdiction. Okay. So the encomenderos would offer the Native Americans in their colony protection. Okay. And they would also offer them Catholicism. They were oh. under this kind of God, gold, and glory okay. motivation. I think I've heard of that before. <laughs> yeah, so God, gold, and glory were some of the reasons that colonists wanted to come to the New World, and they really wanted to inspire and promote Catholicism abroad. And they really wanted to increase the practice amongst the Native people. But, you know, they saw their role as Christians, as Catholics, as trying to convert the entire world. Right. And in return, the encomenderos expected from the Native people a lot of labor. At the time period, in the 1500s, the Spaniards, the Portuguese, the Dutch, the English, everyone's coming over and wanting to create new markets, especially with tobacco, sugar, and the Native Americans under the encomienda system were expected to help the encomenderos produce at a really high rate, in which they could send these goods back to Europe. Ovando really took over the encomienda system, and then it started to look a lot more like what we would call slavery. So slowly, the encomenderos would no longer offer the Native Americans protection, but instead threaten them if they did not reach their quota. And oftentimes that turned into extreme punishment or death. And they weren't just trying to promote Catholicism, but also stripping Native Americans of their culture and of their religious practices. Catholicism was not, not something they were offering, it was something they were instituting with force. The encomienda system wouldn't be outlawed completely until 1720. Oh, wow. So the effects of the encomienda system were already really being felt at this time and contributed to the formation of this arbitrary racial hierarchy, specifically about the beginning of the Atlantic slave trade and how our society became so stratified by race so early on. Okay. So this began with the Spanish in 1492 with Christopher Columbus, but slowly also the English, the Dutch, the Portuguese, everyone is trying to establish their own colony. And so to get in on the game, really what the European powers needed were laborers to work in these new plantations. As you may know, when the Europeans came over, they brought a ton of disease which decimated these Native American populations, which they had previously used to labor through the encomienda system. I think what's interesting here, and, and the reason that I drew this map is because I think it really helps us understand why it was that people who lived over here had no immunity to European disease, and why the people who lived over here did. 
because if you think about sailing, so here's Europe, and people had been trading with Europe and West Africa and into the Middle East here for hundreds of years. Exactly. So that gave them plenty of time to kind of build up immunities to each other. Uh, because the practice of taking prisoners of war and selling them as slaves on the west coast of Africa was already established. So at this point, there are kind of two competing labor forces between the Native Americans and the African slaves. Colonists start realizing that the African slaves are actually a more economical labor force than the Native Americans since they had this immunity. Right, it's hard to enslave people on their home territory, but if you are buying someone who has been wrestled away from their home in Central Africa, brought to the coast, they're with people who don't even speak the same language as them. They're put on a ship to the New World. And the reason that some colonists actually preferred Native American slaves is because of their knowledge of the land and agriculture. So the subordination of both the Native Americans and the African slaves led to lots of intermarriage between the two groups. And so in the colonies, there became a sense of racial mixing that we had never seen before. So you can definitely see that they put things in, in multiple layers here. Here's Virgin Mary, sort of representation of God, of higher power. And then here you see the Spanish whites, and below that, uh, Native Americans who might be the, the offspring of white Spanish settlers and uh, Native Americans. A Spanish and a Native American, that was called mestizos, right? Right. Um, or they might be the offspring of a Native American and an African, um, and those people refer to as Creoles. You see the inverse in early America, right, in the early 1800s, when even one drop of African blood would make a person a slave. Right, and that's one thing that is always very confusing, even to the people of the time period, because it would be possible for someone who looked quite light-skinned to still be enslaved by virtue of their parentage. Exactly. And so this is the system by which society in the early colonial time period was organized around a completely arbitrary factor, like race. As the English begin to settle North America, and shortly after their settlement import African slaves, the United States will become heir to one. The Indians are to be moved to Encomendas. For every 50 Indians, four lodges shall be built, 30 by 15 feet. 2. The Indians will leave their land voluntarily to come to the Encomendas so that they shall not suffer from being removed by force. 3. The citizen to whom the Indians are given must erect a structure to be used as a church. If an Indian does not come to the church, he is not allowed to rest the next day. 4. To make sure the Indians are learning Christianity properly, they shall be tested every two weeks and taught what they do not know by the Encomendero. He shall teach them the Ten Commandments, the Seven Deadly Sins, and the Articles of Faith. 5. A church will be built equidistant from all estates. On Sundays, mass shall be observed and a feast will be eaten. 6. If the church is too far away, another will be built. 7. The priests who collect tithes from the estates must have priests continually in the churches of the estates. 8. There shall be churches built at the mines so that the Indians working the mines may hear mass on Sundays. 9. Whoever has 50 Indians must choose one boy who the Encomendero thinks is able to be taught to read and write, and also the importance of Catholicism. This boy will then teach the other Indians because the Indians would more readily accept what the boy says than what the Spaniard says. The faith must be ingrained into their heads so the souls of the Indians are saved. 10. If an Indian falls sick near where there is a priest, the priest must go to him and recite the credo and other profitable things of the Catholic faith. If the Indian is to die, he shall be buried with a cross near the church. 11. The Indians must not be used as carriers for transporting things to the Indians at the mines. 12. All Spanish inhabitants who have Indians in an encomienda must have the infants baptized within a week of their birth. 13. After the Indians have been brought to the estates, gold shall be searched for as follows. Indians in an encomienda must search for gold for five months a year and at the end of the five months are allowed to rest for 40 days. During the 40 days, the Indians will be further instructed in faith since they have more time to learn. 14. The Indians must be allowed to perform their sacred dances. 15. All citizens who have Indians are required to feed them breads, yams, peppers, and on Sundays feed them dishes of cooked meat. 16. According to Catholicism, the Indians are not allowed to have more than one wife at a time and they are not allowed to abandon their wives. 17. Sons of the chiefs of the islands who are under the age of 13 are to be given to the friars so they can be taught how to read, write, and other things about Catholicism. 18. Pregnant women are not to be sent to the mines or made to plant the crops. They shall be kept on the estate and made to do household duties such as cooking and weeding. 
19. The Indians should not sleep on the ground. Each encomendero should provide his Indians with hammocks. 20. The Indians are to be given one gold peso every year to pay for clothing. 21. Indians may not change their masters. 22. The Indian chiefs are allowed two Indians to perform personal duties for every 40 of their subjects. 23. Official inspectors must keep records of the activities and also the treatment of the Indians in the encomendas. They must keep track of the population and how much gold is being mined. 24. The Indians are not to be physically or verbally abused for any reason. 25. The Indians are not to be used in private trade or for any other economic interest. 26. Encomenders that have their Indians working in distant mines shall combine efforts with other estates to help provide food for the Indians. 27. Indians from other lands must also be taught the things of the Catholic faith. They are to be treated kindly, unless they are slaves. 28. If an encomendero dies, his successor takes control of the Indians. 29. Two inspectors should be appointed to each estate. 30. The inspectors are to be chosen by the admiral, judges, and officers. These people should be compensated by being given Indians in encomienda. 31. Villages should be inspected two times a year, once in the beginning of the year, and once in the summer. 32. If there is a runaway Indian, inspectors cannot apprehend them. They must be given to a man of good conscience who will find the Indians and Comandero. 33. All inspectors should hold a copy of the laws of Burgos, signed by the governor. 34. Inspectors must be provided residentias. 35. One person may not have more than 150 Indians and no less than 40 Indians in encomienda at one time. Amendments were added to the laws or Burgos on July 28. 1513. 1. Indian women married to Indian men are not to be forced to serve with their husbands at the mines or anywhere else unless it is by their own free will or unless their husbands wish to take them. 2. Indian children do not have to do the work of adults until they reach the age of 14. They are then made to do the tasks of children, like weeding or working in their parents' estates. 3. Unmarried Indian women who are under the authority of their parents have to work with them on their lands. Those not under the authority of their parents must be kept apart so they do not become vagabonds. 4. After two years of service, the Indians are free to go. By this time they will be civilized and proper Christians, able to govern themselves. 1515. On July, a hurricane strikes the island, killing many Indians. 1517. King Carlos V authorized the importation of 4,000 slaves to the Caribbean.